From Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors, this is The Legal Lounge. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello and welcome to The Legal Lounge. I'm Amanda and along with the lawyers and experts here at Lanyon Bowdler, I'll be bringing you a series of podcasts that cover many aspects of law in England and Wales. It's our aim to show you that the law isn't scary and nor are our lawyers. If you have a particular legal issue you'd like me to put to our specialists for an upcoming episode, please let us know by getting in touch through the website lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. In this episode, Beth Heath and Catherine Jones look at the maternity claims at SATH, the Shrewsbury and Telford Hospital Trust. Hi, I'm Beth and I'm joined today by my colleague Catherine. Today we're going to be talking about the Shrewsbury and Telford Hospital NHS Trust maternity scandal. This is something that both myself and Catherine have been working on for a number of years. The Shrewsbury and Telford Hospital NHS Trust is our local trust, so we regularly do pursue clinical negligence cases against them. And we had seen an increase in the number of obstetric or maternity claims that we were receiving inquiries about. This had been steadily rising over a number of years and then, Catherine, you'll be aware that a number of families then contacted the current Secretary of State at the time, Jeremy Hunt. Um, It was 23 families in 2017 and from that, Jeremy Hunt ordered there to be a review, didn't he, of the care provided in relation to those 23 families. A midwife who has done a number of these types of reviews, um, Donna Rockendam, was employed to lead that review. So Catherine, it started off with 23 families, um, but I understand it's grown exponentially since then. It has. And as you say, there was 23 families initially that um, were going to be part of the review. But once Donna Rockenden was um, employed and, and started to undertake her investigations, it fairly quickly became apparent that there were probably quite significantly more families that had potentially been affected by maternity services at the trust. So over the years, the trust actually referred cases themselves to Donna from their own internal investigations and families that had heard things on the media and through other platforms also got in touch directly with Donna Rockenden. And we have also referred clients to Donna Rockenden over the past few years where we considered that they if they weren't involved in the in the review that potentially that they should be. So Donna has now got within the review over 1,860 families that she is investigating. So her review was started, as you said, back in 2017, uh, and she was hoping to have her report produced, I think, last year. But because of the significant number of families that, you know, is is far more than was initially anticipated, that final report is still awaited at the moment. That's a a really massive number of families. What sort of period are we talking about? Donna is looking at mainly the period between 2000 and 2018, as far as I understand. But I know that there are also some families part of the review that predate the year 2000 and also significant number that post-date 2018. So it really does cover a very wide period of time. This just suggests that there's been a problem at the maternity unit there for a number of decades. Absolutely. And Donna did actually produce an emerging findings report back in December 2020. The reason she produced that is because there was such a number of families as part of the review and it was going to take her such a long time to produce her final report that she was actually asked to produce an interim report. And she felt that this was really important because she had a number of things that she'd identified already from looking at the initial 250 families that she felt needed to be 
communicated both to Shrewsbury and Telford Hospital NHS Trust, but also to other NHS trusts offering maternity services across the country. I've read that report, Catherine, and within that report, she identifies a number of kind of common themes in terms of problems within the trust. When I was reading it, it just really to me resonated with the cases that I had been instructed on over the years and I think what really got me was the fact that these problems had been going on for so long and lessons hadn't been learnt from previous mistakes or failings. Yes and I think part of you know as you've read the emerging findings report like I have and Donna does actually identify in there a number of possible reasons for that trying to explain why lessons may have not been learnt and why things have still been going on you know many years later following the same sorts of themes for example I um, have spoken recently to a client who had treatment in the year 2000 and I have another client who had treatment in 2019 and the things that they were saying to me were very, very similar between the two cases. And one of the points that Donna made was that there has been quite a turnover in the executive committee at the trust. So there's not been any sort of consistent leadership at the trust, which is obviously a, a theme that she's identified. Yeah, they had a really high number of chief execs in, in quite a short period. There's probably three big themes for me in terms of the South maternity care The first one that I commonly see, and I don't know whether you would feel the same, is failings in relation to CTG monitoring. So for those of you who don't know, CTG monitoring is where um, the baby's heart rate is monitored. And it also monitors contractions of the mother if she is contracting at that point. And CTG monitoring is really key to establish whether the baby is fit and well or is potentially in distress. And if obviously the baby is in distress, then time is of the essence and you potentially have to get that baby out as quickly as possible. In your cases, Catherine, do you often see potential failings in CTG monitoring? Yes, definitely. I think that's certainly, I would put that as one of the top sort of common themes at the Trust, unfortunately. And um, we have a specialist team at Lanyon Baylor that deals purely with these, what we call SAF maternity cases, so Shrewsbury and Telford Trust maternity cases. And within that team, we have over 50 cases that we're currently investigating against the Trust and numerous of those cases I can certainly, you know, give that as an example of, of where things may have gone wrong. And we've also got another in excess of 30 cases that were already being dealt with within the clinical negligence team here at Lanyon Bowdler. And there's themes, you know, that those cases also have examples of that particular point. So it's a really common theme amongst what about 90 or so cases that we currently have. Yes, um, I would say so. Bagler's books. Absolutely. And another big one for me, um, it, the kind of two parts to it is mums consistently coming to us and saying that they felt they weren't listened to and this links into requests for a cesarean section so mum will ask for a cesarean section and she either isn't listened to at all or she feels that a decision is made for her and that she's told no it's not appropriate you're having a vaginal delivery now what are mum's rights in those situations Catherine does she have the right to decide how she delivers her baby there is a a large emphasis on giving informed consent and and the choice being that of the mother. Uh, Obviously, the healthcare practitioner is there to support and advise and give options for the mother. And unfortunately, as you say, we've had so many examples of clients that have come to us and just said that they didn't feel listened to. They didn't have their views taken into account. They weren't even offered 
the option of a cesarean section so for example if somebody's carrying a large baby um, they may have gestational diabetes then there's a possibility that baby should be delivered earlier than going to full term because you know if, if it's a, a large baby there are additional risks of having a vaginal delivery there might be an option of having an earlier induction of labor it may also be that there's an option of having a c-section and so many times we've had examples of clients just coming to us and saying they were never told they were never even told that there was another option other than a vaginal delivery the key thing is that mum should be given the kind of the risks and benefits of each option and then it's for her to then decide what's the best option so she not can the weigh doctors it it's really key to empowering women this isn't it absolutely and sadly donna ockenden during her investigations has identified that there seems to be a theme at the trust where they are against cesarean sections and they've you know even been reported to have prided themselves on their low cesarean section rates in the past which obviously you know it's good in a sense that you know if, if people can deliver vaginally but also that the emphasis has to be on what is the safest mode of delivery for that baby and that's a case-by-case basis of course isn't it because obviously there are risks associated with surgery and having a section in some circumstances the actually the risks outweigh benefits and vice versa exactly it's a balancing act isn't it but if you don't have the information if you aren't given the risks the possible risks and benefits by your doctor or by your midwife Mm. then you don't know how you know how can you make a decision as to what what is best for you and your baby so another common theme Catherine that I have seen in a lot of my cases and also I know that Donna Ockenden has picked up on as well is whether doctors and in particular your most senior doctors consultants are being involved in the cases when they should be so are the midwives and the junior doctors escalating concerns to consultants um at all or in a timely manner is that something that you have seen as well Yes, definitely. That's another example of uh, of a definite theme that we've seen across the board on numerous cases that we are instructed on. The issue appears to be in the potentially in the communication between the the different departments. It doesn't seem to be one element of care that's lacking in particular. It seems to be kind of across the board. So that might be at midwife level, at registrar level, at consultant level, and you know I think that it seems to be fairly common that there is a kind of a breakdown in communication communication or a breakdown in the, in the method by which referral can be made and how promptly that's done and whether that is because more junior staff feel they don't have the access to the consultants or whether that's because they don't know when referral should be made that's unclear and Donna Rockenden's final report which we are hoping will be published later this year or early next but obviously it just depends on how she gets on in terms of the the delays relating to Covid as much as anything else we'll just have to wait and see what her findings are in terms of that. Yeah the real key thing for me is obviously I live in the local community and so do you Catherine you're you're a local girl as well and I think the key thing for me is actually seeing real change for the benefit of ourselves our clients and our fellow kind of people in the community I want to be able to tell my friends that they can go there and reassure them that they're going to get great care and it's not to say that every time you go there you're going to get inadequate care because there's many examples of excellent care and I know Catherine you yourself had your daughter yeah she was born in 2019 and she was born within Shrewsbury and Telford Trust and I have no concern so it's not you know it's just to reassure people that it doesn't happen as you say it's not it's not the case every time it just needs to be consistent doesn't it consistent care and one of the big things 
for me and what has always been a big thing for me is learning from mistakes so we don't see the same thing happening time and time again as you said it's got such a personal resonance with us because we use the trust we you know that it's our local trust and it's just important for us and this is why we've established this team within Lanyon Baylor that's set up purely to deal with these cases because we feel very strongly professionally and personally that this should be looked into by as many different people as possible and obviously Donna Rockenden is doing her investigation and her review and you know we want to play our part as a local law firm to also have things brought to the attention of those that it needs to be brought to the attention of and and fundamentally for change to occur to avoid this happening going forward. Because when we're talking about those 90 or so cases on our books at the moment, we've got all sorts of tragic cases, haven't we, from stillbirths, which is where the baby sadly dies before being born, or um, neonatal deaths, which is where the baby dies in the period shortly after being born. But then we've also got cases where, because of how sophisticated medicine is nowadays, that the baby has survived whatever potential insult they've been subjected to, but at a very life-changing expense. So they now suffer with severe brain injuries, um, cerebral palsy being an example. But then we've also got the impact on mum as well, haven't we, Catherine? Which sometimes is slightly overlooked because mum just gets on with things because she potentially has a severely injured baby that she now has to look after or perhaps she's gone through a very tragic loss. The maternal injuries element of it is, is, is very significant, both physically, if mum suffered injuries as a result of having a vaginal delivery where there's been really complicated delivery, you know, she's had to have an episiotomy where she's had a cut to try and help get the baby out if she's, you know, if there's difficulties in that. She may have suffered a tear, which may cause all kinds of issues both in the short term and the long term in some sad circumstances. As I say, there are the physical issues, but there are also the psychological factors that arise from that. And, you know, time and time again, we see mothers who've suffered psychiatric injury as a result of a traumatic delivery. But we've also got cases where the father has suffered a psychiatric injury as a result of witnessing what was happening. Yeah, and obviously legally, that's slightly more challenging for us to um, overcome the hurdles that are required to be able to pursue what, in those circumstances, is a secondary victim claim. But I think the key thing is not to overlook other members of the family, mum, potentially dad, because and having a greater awareness of the psychiatric effect that these traumas can have on people given what we know and given the themes that we've seen and given that lessons don't appear to have been learned to this point those are factors that all make it more difficult for families I find and and it's certainly I'm sure your experience of speaking to clients is the same where you know if things had been changed and if these things weren't happening over and over again the person that has been affected would be feel better about it they would feel like well you know obviously it's 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 terrible that it's happened to them but at least they can have prevent it happening to somebody going forward because they've stepped up and they've spoken to us or you know they've had their case referred to Donna Rockenden or they've had a successful clinical negligence claim or you know by whatever means they have made contact and had their case looked into they want to see that that has helped and that would help them I think psychologically as well to kind of move forward. Yeah because uh, a lot of clients when they come to us Catherine they're not looking for financial compensation what they want to see is accountability they yeah. want answers because often they've been essentially fobbed off slightly. Yeah, that's um, how they feel. 
And they also want to ensure that no other family goes through what they've been through. And they are three of the biggest drivers for this community, I think. Yeah, and and an apology, you know, just as you say, it's the accountability. And even where people have made complaints, for example, or there's been a serious incident investigation undertaken by the trust themselves, that doesn't appear to have been done properly over the years and that's another theme that we we see and and that Donna Rockenden's emerging findings report has highlighted they don't seem to have dealt with those internal investigations properly and quite often I'm sure and I'm sure families would would say this had they done that had they looked into it properly had they investigated it had they apologized and said what measures they were doing to ensure that didn't happen going forward these clients would have felt reassured and comforted and of course then they wouldn't probably be coming knocking at our door in those circumstances. Therefore, the litigation would be reduced in that respect. Yes. There's, there's what we call the duty of candour, isn't there, Catherine? And obviously that is kind of being open and upfront and honest with these families when something has gone wrong. There's been a big push across the NHS in recent years to really comply with that duty. Yeah, which I think is fantastic. It's, it's, it's a really something good that's thing. really come to the forefront in the last few years, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it has already made a difference. I think there's still work to be done there, but I hope that obviously they continue to kind of develop on that. Yes, absolutely. Thanks to Beth and Catherine for lending their expertise. Yet more proof that lawyers don't bite. If you need legal help from either of them, please get in touch through lblaw.co.uk. That's lblaw.co.uk. And if you have a particular legal issue you'd like me to put to our specialists for an upcoming episode, please let us know by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show and find any of the conversations interesting or helpful, please remember to use your podcast app to follow The Legal Lounge so that you never miss an episode. That was The Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.